you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd overdrive. I will always survive. last night that Amazon has the original Hitchhiker's Guide from to the Galaxy on Prime. Oh, the the series. The, the, the BBC series, yeah. It's like 12 episodes? Six. Six? Felt like 12. So I watched one last night. They don't hold up well. No. no. I thought, you know, oh, maybe I'll have Luke watch this, but I want to watch first. And I went, yeah, I'm amused by the delivery. Yeah, but it's the it's the, the dialogue, not the. Uh, Simon Jones was touring. He was in that Blythe Spirit with a- uh, Angela Lansbury. Uh huh. He played the doctor in that, so uh, got to see him because of course we backstage, you know, or so we stage door. So I got to shake his hand and say, "Yes, I did love Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy way back when," and you were very good tonight. Very oh, good. When it came out, I was. I watched over and over and over again, you know, because it was just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was so much of but I think, what I loved about the book. I think now I would just rather give my son the book yeah, and and let him laugh at that. That would be one. And you know what else is really good is the audio drama, the, the, yeah, the original radio the original, broadcast. Yeah. I've never heard the original radio broadcast, but I should. And then I think still online they have the uh, the computer game. BBC had posted that, the original text oh, game. The one from uh, the guys that did Zork. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, although I, you know, I, it's interesting. That I, one is really strange. I do remember playing that, like to get beyond behind the beyond the Vogon. You had to do, you had like do a bank shot off of stuff. It, oh, it's and crazy. You had to keep on putting stuff down on the ground for the bank shot not to go into a mouse hole or something. Right. I, yeah. yeah. But I wonder if, uh, if my son at fourteen, a huge gamer, would have the patience for for a text, text adventure. Game. I, I mean, I don't know. Never know. Maybe I. That's right. I don't know. I backed a. Uh, I backed, backed an on, analog text adventure. Um, it's a series of them. They're meant, meant to be like party games, where you one person plays the text interpreter, uh, and if they it says, uh, "Give me the record," and you can you can respond it, like. I don't understand what record is. I can do. Dada. Okay, so it's not Dungeons and Dragons. No, like no, it's, okay. Yeah, and we are recording, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, hey, this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. Twice in one week, we gather together, and across from me. But now I'm actually in person because on yes, Father's Day it was on Skype. Yes. And so across from me at the table at the Brett Cave, Rick Brett Snyder. There we go. If you are, thanks for listening, by the way. And if you are listening to us on your favorite podcast, well, I'd love it if you would listen to me while I talk. Uh, that uh, if you are listening to this on your favorite podcatcher, do indeed uh, rate, review, mention to your friends. And if we, and if your favorite podcatcher is not carrying us, please uh, let them know that you would like to have Family Planet on it. And if we talk about anything tonight that uh, you would like to own for your very self and can, 
uh, legally are allowed to own it, like a book or a DVD, by all means, if you can't find it at your local brick-and-mortar store, we do ask. Go ahead and go on the Amazon search box that is on fanboyplanet.com, where, of course, again, each and every podcast does have its own page, and occasionally we mention things that we can call out in specific links. Either way, you go through Fanboy Planet and we get a small affiliate fee back, as well as small affiliate fee back from thinkgeek.com, which also has a text box, uh, well, not a search box, but usually an ad box over to the side. And if you'd just like to help defray the cost of running Fanboy Planet and its commensurate podcast, please, you can go to PayPal and donate money at editor at fanboyplanet.com. And if after listening to all this, you've got any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, anything at all, please write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. And I guess really, we're recording this on a night right after, I mean, literally this afternoon posted the Father's Day podcast, which I thought had, it does have some potentially... People will have comments, you know, people have opinions. Sure. So I'm waiting to hear back. Yeah. And at this point. We entertain, we entertain those comments. I, would, I don't think there's. No, absolutely. I don't think there's anything. I, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, it's, it's, they're controversial subjects. They are. I, but I welcome any and all debate. Yep. And somebody wants to tell us we're full of crap. If you, questions, compliments, commentary, criticism, tell us we're full of crap. Write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. On a lighter note, when you say podcatcher every week. I love that word because it, it, it gives me two distinct visual images. One of some kind of mechanism that's going out into the field where the and podcasts are, yes. are moseying around like a giant herd of buffalo it, and it's catching it, isn't, those. Isn't that how it works? Or or it's on the front of a train and it's 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 plowing through a field of... Uh, I don't know where I picked up that word, but I have seen it elsewhere. I, I didn't I just think, make I it up. I think I, I think, didn't just make it up, Rick. I, I don't think you did. All right, okay, we got some comics news, some movie news, <laughs> some TV news. And <laughs> anyway, I, I want to begin this episode 514 with an update from the Father's Day episode. Uh, episode 513. 513, under the title of... Comcast versus Disney versus Fox versus Predator. Disney won today. They, in as we predicted on the Father's Day podcast, that they countered Comcast's offer with substantial more cash. So $71.5 billion on the table, and Fox has accepted that offer. They better. So it's, <laughs> so it's going to happen, people. Somewhere down the road, and Kevin Feige has said this, he's waiting for the call that says he can play with Fantastic Four and Mm. X-Men. He has not yet received that call, but it's coming, people. Yeah. Oh, it's coming. What that means, though... Sony's next. (laughs) uh, You know, like I said before, they almost gave it all back. Yeah. They, They were not so sold on the content... When that big leak happened, they yeah. one of the things that came out of there was they were consider the the headquarters in Japan was considering getting out of the content business, and so th- their deal with Marvel on Spider Man was the next best thing, I guess. Yeah, uh, it, it's just now interesting because we have we do have Deadpool two out there, very very successful, mm-hmm. New Mutants being reshot allegedly with an entirely new villain. That was not in the first cut, and then they've cast somebody else and are giving it a new, not not just a new actor, but literally a new villain 
other than the one that was originally there. Still borrowing very heavily from the Demon Bear storyline, which they're they're acknowledging. What does this mean for that? And X-Men Dark Phoenix, which was also pushed back a year. I guess they'd be like the last hurrah of the Fox running Fox regime. The good news also is that Seth MacFarlane will not leave uh, will not leave Fox. He was upset by p- political things this week and criticized Fox. Uh, the creator of Modern Family, Steve Levitan, had also criticized and originally said he would never work for Fox again, but said he would wait and see how it f- fell out. If you're a Modern Family fan and next season was supposed to be the last, it's quite possible that Modern Family will now get extended. That's the weird sausage-making politics is now if a- if Disney owns, it does own ABC, yes, but Fox owned Modern Family, now Disney owns both, Right, it's now become somewhat cheaper to keep Modern Family going another year beyond the year they'd already already planned. Mm-hmm. So you may see more of that. I can't even begin to think of where others. I've already I have already saw, seen online one person go. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Fox owned episode four, A New Hope, the original cut, which I speculated oh, on yeah. way back yeah. last summer. Yeah. Said that's the only way it's good. That's the value there so there's it's ju- it's just like print it and make money it's it's uh it's a no-brainer and i'm waiting for uh duckburg versus predator and that will be awesome <laughs> Ducktails and duck spines anyway uh, the real top story that was that's the big like behind the scenes news because yeah. the ramifications of this are going to be playing out for for months. I yeah. think it still wouldn't yeah. get finalized until next June. It'll take a long time to greenlight a do film all the, even to do all well to do all the legalities yeah. of the merger right. and then the reality of a new of, of pre-production uh, and greenlighting. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. who who knows there? What I understand is whatever they had in the pipeline that's still going, and then boom. but you could it's still far enough out that you could sneak like a post credit scene into an upcoming marvel movie which might expose some characters we haven't seen before oh i know i'm still going for the final confrontation with thanos and three adamantium claws go across his face and they go who was that we'll tell you next year you know <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> we don't know which actor it actually is yet either <laughs> We're hoping you will. the hand model? We're hoping that you will work out. Well, you know, Richard Armitage, the guy who's doing it for the podcast. Yeah, uh, you know, he, I think he would make a great Wolverine, and he's even he said, "I suppose he says, who wants to follow Hugh Jackman's footsteps in that?" But, right, but if you haven't got somebody cast, now, now you go out and you cast hands, right? Because yeah, <laughs> you yeah. got to somebody, you know. You know. Yeah, but the real follow up is I, I I have to do an update. Uh, about Star Trek Discovery. Alex Kurtzman had been named showrunner. And what I had not read was why the previous showrunners of season one were let go. And it was a, let's call it politely, a failure of leadership. Hmm. Apparently a lot of verbal abuse in the writer's room, a lot of... Hmm. Yeah, bad behavior, and I think, and you and I were saying over dinner, I'm just so tired of people being a holes. Yeah. If you're talented and you've got a good gig, right, work hard. Working hard does not mean you have to be jerks to everybody working under you. But that's why Alex Kurtzman has been brought in originally. 
It was announced this week that that uh, Paramount sweetened the pot, or CBS, I guess, CBS TV, sweetened the pot. And they gave him a five, and literally, Star Trek series deal. So, now some of them are miniseries. Rumored to be, in addition to still, I think he's executive producer and sort of works with J.J. Abrams on the, the films in the Kelvin timeline. Right. But rumored to include, at this point, the long, long, long rumored Starfleet Academy series okay. that they've been trying to get off the ground since, what, 2000? And then this will include where Nicholas Myers was supposed to be working on, possibly a miniseries dedicated just to Khan and the Eugenics Wars. I know a couple of books they could draw from. Yes, I'm sure. Uh, I, I know you know. And a sequel series to Next Generation with Patrick Stewart returning as Jean-Luc Picard. I wasn't sure exactly what physical reaction you would have, but I knew it would involve jaw-dropping. I, I didn't necessarily didn't call the, the slapping. slapping. Yeah. I, I know, but, you know, I should have. In hindsight... Have you watched any of the stuff he's done recently? like uh, Patrick Stewart? Yeah. You mean like Logan? Yes. No, no, the comedy. The, he's, uh, yes. he's done... Uh, the black comedy he did for where he was the journalist for... Uh, Seth MacFarlane produced on USA. He also he was in one where he's um, he's not a journalist. He's an actor, and, and uh, but uh, he's tremendously. I mean, just tremendous. And Green Room supposedly. Uh, uh, have you seen Green Room? No horror film. Oh, uh, but not like monster. The mon- the real monster is us, uh, and he. Yeah, he's supposed to be really... Now, someone write in if I've got the title wrong, but I think that's what... I just haven't seen it. It's been one of those... It's hard for me to get into, like, the super violent films if I'm watching by myself. I just... I I need to be reassured there's humans around me. Yeah, especially if it's night. And I I don't know that many humans that... Well, I don't know that many humans. But I I don't know that many humans that would want to watch that with me, so... (laughs) Uh, you know, since Jason Salazar got engaged, I, I can't count on anybody to go see a horror film with me. No, that was a while back, you know. So anyway, that's a pretty exciting thing. And that, and that also means no. that we'll all go to CBS All Access. And I'm regretting my decision to subscribe to CBS All Access less and less every day. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've been discovering new things. That probably sounded awkward as I said it. I don't regret it at all. I, I'm, I'm happier and happier with my... There you go. Oh, Spin I, it positive. Yes. Uh, I, I need to work on that. That I'm happier and happier with the decision to subscribe. Uh-huh. Because I did not realize what a trove of content that... like, If I were to go on... like, I think Netflix still has Star Trek and The Twilight Zone, the, the original series and uh, of both. But... They're buried so deeply, and I'm too busy catching up with whatever flashy thing they've sure, told me. Sure. But CBS, I know it will always be there because they literally own those series. Yeah. So I've been thinking about digging back into Twilight Zone in anticipation of Jordan Peele's version coming. Right. Which I haven't heard anything more beyond it's coming. And, you know, I realized, oh, there it is. And as I said, discover the animated series. I'm not a huge fan of Enterprise, but I want to watch. There's a couple episodes that I want to cherry did you, pick out. Did you watch it all the way through? Or no, no. no. But I, in my dream rewatch, this is my chance to go back in and and really 
really watched Deep Space Nine completely. Okay. Like, I had not uh, seen it. But again, you know, how we talked last in our last episode about how much, too much television there is, and now there's too much to even catch up on because I think we failed to mention, like, Amazon Prime picked up Babylon 5, which I hadn't seen all of. So I'd like to go back and watch that. That would go to my top, the top of my list of everything you just mentioned. It really would. And I realize. And you can, you can kind of burn through episodes, uh, the first season because it's not as good as it gets. Um, I, I know so, that. Yeah. yeah. But it's still, I don't have time because I'm catching up on the things that are new. Yeah. But it's just, it, what a great thing. And if you're going to add four more Star Trek series, if they're of the quality of what Star Trek Discovery turned out to be, yeah. I clearly, I'm not going to pretend that I wasn't cynical, that I was watching this thing get delayed and delayed and delayed and, and thinking it's not it's not going to be what we want. Right. And, th- and then I waited for a long time after it came out and heard all the complaints. And then I watched it and went, if Roddenberry had had the budget, this is what it would have looked like. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that budget or that ability. Okay. I'm not stuck in it has to look like a 60s ethos. Right. As much as I like Star Trek Continues. Well, also, it also incorporates a lot of more um, modern types of science fiction mm-hmm. concepts in it too. So, and it does it goes it goes deeper into social aspects. Well, and of I think that's what I said. I, I, maybe did I say this on Father's Day that it was that it was a real science that there was real science behind the science fiction yeah, again. Yeah. And I, as much as I've enjoyed the films, uh, I don't think that they were that Star Trek, Star Trek Beyond. And, they're still and, reversing the polarity of the neutron flow. Isn't Doctor that the doctor? Who. Yes, Doctor thank Who. you. Don't don't mess it up because that. Uh, we, I thought we time traveled again. Let's get to comics, shall we? Yes. And that is that. There's a new publisher coming, and it was announced this week. Ahoy Comics, founded by a journalist named Hart Seeley. Uh, the first two books are going to come out in, from Ahoy Comics at three ninety nine price point in September. So they, I guess they're in this month's diamond, or maybe it's next month because you got to do. You got to have it there. It's okay. Don't, you know. But anyway, uh, editorial help from Tom Pyre, who is a longtime comics writer. And I was really pleased to see this. Frank Camuso, who I met years and years and years ago. I'm sure there's an interview somewhere back there. He's done a lot of children's comics. Great cartoonist. Uh And he did Knights of the Lunch Table, I think, for uh, Scholastic, a really clever yeah. retelling of King Arthur at a middle school. And now I'm th- trying to uh, trying to think of the name. I had all these. He did these Mother Goose Noir books with a pig detective, and I'm trying to think of what the name was because I have them all. But he did them as little golden books. Wow. So really hard to find, but I have them all on my shelf because I loved the look. I loved the conceit of making it like a little golden book, but they were these violent nursery rhyme crimes. You know, it was really clever guy, great hard writer. Case, nursery nursery and yeah, crime. And his stuff for uh, for Scholastic was great. So to see him on this uh, doing, I can't remember exactly which title it is. He was a creative consultant, something like that. It, it's, a, it's a company that clearly is embracing a lot of different directions as any comic publisher should be saying we're just about making good comics and the first two that are coming out the wrong earth will be and i think they're doing this all as miniseries to start with because that's the smart way to go if you're a new company 
a six-issue miniseries by Tom Pyre and Jamal Igel, where an adventure-loving crime fighter with a kid's sidekick dimensionally switch, switches places with a ruthless vigilante. And it includes a prose story from Grant Morrison, hmm. along with material from Shannon Wheeler of Too Much Coffee Man, right. Paul Constant, and Frank Camuso. The other book is High Heaven, a five-issue miniseries by Pyre and Greg Scott, where a chronic malcontent finds himself in an afterlife where everyone hates a complainer, <laughs> which, right there, it's true, uh, with another prose story from Morrison, another cartoon from Wheeler, and a backup uh, backup strip from Pyre and Chris, Chris Giarusso, who, I know, I know, that isn't he the guy that did Franklin Richards, Son of a Genius? Uh, or, oh. or no, 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 no. Um, maybe, but I know he's, he's done some other really great kids comics. Okay. And I think I, I accidentally double pasted that in. So we'll just stop that. Um, dark horse announced it announced this week that they're doing stranger things. Comics. Comics. Yeah. Multiple. Well, a mini series oh. and a mini series there. I'm of two minds of it. I mean, you got to strike while the iron's hot and everybody loves Stranger Things. Right. But I just kind of feel like the continuity is so yes. tight. I mean, I, yes. I don't know. Unless you is. can find some niche in the storyline where they didn't, they didn't yeah, explain. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe it follows one of the other numbers or something. I, I, yeah, I, I don't that, know there. That would work. That would work. Another town. The inker is Keith Champagne, longtime fan of Fanboy Planet. Uh, Fan. friend friend that's what i meant to say i was going to say fanboy planet and i went he is a fan of fanboy planet dang it uh but uh a guy who was a supporter early on who was i think i we mentioned a few podcasts back has been named as uh editor-in-chief of of space goat comics that has the evil dead 2 ah. license so some interesting stuff may be coming from there space goat no <laughs> IDW is bringing Star Trek versus Transformers in September set in the animated universes. Wow. So I kind of like that. I'd like to see the animated universe of Star Trek crossover with the non-animated universe of Star Trek. Or let's see the animated version of Star Trek crossover with the 10th Doctor animated dreamland versions okay yeah i mean you know i mean okay. if, you, if you're gonna do the animated right you know, right right let's start mixing it up where's the star trek my little pony crossover that's in canon yeah. anyway it's not the only thing i forgot to mention the other the it's not the other th only thing they're doing they also announced that they're going to do a dick tracy comic book which archie comics had tried to do one a few months ago and had announced even a creative team and then there was a rights issue, so it was it was pulled. But I think because IDW also does this Sunday strips uh, archive editions from their what do they call that American Library, American Comics Library. I have some of them, yeah. and I can't remember what the imprint's called, but it is its own little separate thing. But I think that brings all the rights back into order. So all I know is that the entire Allred family is working on Dick Tracy, which. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. He I could, thought you'd be happy with he that. He would be able to draw a really good Moon Maid. And I hope they, they This is that this is that comics moment where that's the problem is if you're going to do a comic, yeah. Everybody's got their favorite thing, and Moon Maid if you're trying to establish Dick Tracy in the first miniseries might be a little too out there, but I don't know. 
if it's supposed to be syncing up with the continuity of the daily strip right or if it's going to be its own comic book version of dick tracy and then in what era do you do it pull it from if you got the alrids and you don't go crazy dick tracy oh they'll go crazy they'll go yeah. crazy i'm i'm sure they will so yeah. Yeah, we shall see there let us move to things that we have in hand right now as in we hand. ask the non-musical question what's in the bag what's in your bag rick well, the first took out of the bag. The first thing in my bag, which is really a pile, um, is issue number one of Tony Stark Iron Man, which is a oversized book. costs four dollars and ninety nine cents. Might as well just give them a fiver because they're going to ask for more than that. It's like gas. Yeah, and um, this this is an interesting reboot rebirth for the character because. If you've been following Tony Stark's books for the last couple of years, there's been some darkness in there. There's been some, is Tony dead or not? The Tony Stark AI takes over, all this stuff. And this is a reboot to a fully functioning Stark Industries doing really crazy stuff in the labs. The kind of thing you'd expect from this 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 inventor on overload with with incredibly creative, creative people under his employ. I think most startling of all. Yes. That for the first time since Tales to Astonish, Iron Man's book has to be filed under T. Because <laughs> it's Tony Stark instead of Invincible or right. Engorgeable or whatever, or, you know, infamous. The, uh, yeah, I guess he has that. Yeah, the infamous. No, I mean, this is, it literally was on the shelf under T today. Wow. Okay. So I thought that was just funny for the first time. It's Dan Slott's writing, and... You got to give it a shot. Or shitty. Shitty? Shitty? I doubt that that's how you pronounce it. S-C-H-I-T-I. Let's say shitty. Shitty. And Edgar... Or skitty? Delgado. Um, yeah, skitty. Sounds like kitty cat. You know, in, in legitimately, if anybody knows how to pronounce the artist's name, please, please let us know. Please. Editor at fanboyplanet.com. It, it is amazing the characters that have been pulled in out of the Marvel Universe to be in here. Jocasta. Um, you've got uh, the, the first big villain is Fin, fin Fang Foom. Although Tony does mention that it's kind of unusual he's not wearing pants. Um and you you actually have let me show you something. I think the fanboy in you is gonna squee on this page. Well you know, I do have it. You wanna just let me read it? Uh, is the uh, what was the name of that? Shogun Warriors. Yeah, no, but there was one specifically to Marvel. Voltron oh, for uh Marvel was oh god, what was that? Because they had their own to fight yeah, they Godzilla. Did. They did. Yeah. It was in Godzilla. Yeah. Um, but Tony, Tony, uh, giant roboting up to fight to fist fight with Fin Fan Foom. Um, this is a fun book. It's almost got a manga style to the art. It's definitely very colorful. Okay, but four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Was that worth it to you? It's a huge book. Okay. If the page count, if it's good and the page count goes up, four ninety nine is still cheaper than buying two other books that aren't as good. Oh, that's true. That's true. So I'm going to go with. Oh, this is three ninety nine. And that is Future Quest Presents, number 11, because we're back to a, a set of characters from the Hanna-Barbera Adventureverse that I love, always, which are the, the Herculoids. Yeah. And Aaron Lepresti is the penciler, and Matt Ryan is the inker, and this is gorgeous stuff. I think what I love about the 
Hanna-Barbera DC books is how seriously they've taken them. Yes. And the top creators... So they've, they've honored the original works and they've brought them into DC continuity. Yeah, gorgeous art, gorgeous yeah. art. So I, there's just a fun... Again, remains a very fun book. Uh, the title, the characters are the stories are standalones. I think more should yep. be doing that, and it proves you can do that without sacrificing quality. <laughs> the last page says the end, and you're not saying it's been canceled. Yeah, <laughs> it, it might be. I don't know. It might but be, I've but, enjoyed it. But what, usually, when a book says the no, end, I, I nowadays, think we need more Aquaman yeah. jaw, jabber jaw. But yeah, anyway, yeah. go ahead. Uh, next, I didn't order that one. I did order. Joker and Daffy Duck. I got. I've, I pick them all up because uh, I, yeah. when Batman Elmer Fudd actually turned out to be really good and should not have been, you know, that I knew then that I'm just going to buy them all. So uh, my next book. It's been a long time since this title has been out. I didn't. I didn't check to see. I'm pretty sure it's. It's been a while. It's. Yeah. It may have been a year since the last yeah. the last run of any of this stuff. In fact. I don't even think the main the main book was published, but they were still doing some of the ancillary books for a while. They've been doing the high school years, the graphic novels. But I think uh, there was uh, Spike and uh, and um, Angel 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 books. is going on. Yeah. So this is uh, we're now into season twelve of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This one subtitled The Reckoning, with uh, credit for Joss Whedon. On the uh, on the title with Christos Gage, script by Christos Gage. So Joss is saying, let's do this. Christos says, I'm doing that. You know so, what else Christos has written? And I want to give him a shout out for this. What's that? The Spider-Man game. Oh, the really? The video game coming. Worked with, with, it looks with really good. Yeah, so. It looks really cool. Yes. So this book is so bat guano Full of everything from the Buffyverse in this one book. Almost anything you can mention has been pulled into this, including it starts off with Frey, right? Which is way the way the last series ended. Um, and so we have uh, Frey, who is the Buffy, the Slayer from the future, mm-hmm. from uh, yeah, when, a great when, miniseries. When there are many more vampire, vampires are part of society. Um, and uh, call them lurkers. Yeah, and Frey also introduced the axe before right. the TV show right. had it. Yeah, so and the axe figures uh, prominently in this, but you've got the whole Buffy crew. Uh, nobody back from the dead, but uh, the whole Buffy crew. You have Angel and I can't remember her name now. Um, the the demon inter- interdimensional demon who took over Fred's body. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The blue blue hair, yes. yeah, yeah, who's dating Angel now? Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So, and uh, you have uh, you have uh, Xander and um, boy, they, they they don't throw a lot of the names in here. Buffy's sister, the key. Um, I'd help you, but you know, it, it really truly has been like I mean, I've been gathering the trade paperbacks, but I'm buying them for my daughter. Okay, so, so you're not reading. I, it's been a while since I've actually read it. Dawn, Dawn. So uh, Xander and Dawn apparently are a couple now and have a baby. Oh, they've been a couple. For okay, a while. so I've I've missed that. The last I read of it was they were they were afraid they were breaking up, but yes. That's, okay. Um. So let me ask you and a it's question. A, t- a time travel story too. So let me like, ask you a question on that. Now all those shows have disappeared off of Netflix. Uh-huh. So right now, if somebody's wants to get into Buffy, 
comics are pretty much i mean i'm sure you can still get blu-rays but comics are the way no but no, I mean, no, no, you, you yeah. walk into a store you're at season 12 do you think that book is accessible to someone who isn't already a buffy fan it's this book feels like it's trying to introduce all the characters in a way that you will okay. pick them up you would probably have to read it two or three times to actually do that because it's so many characters and it's not a it's not an oversized or anything. This is and I, and honestly, I don't know book. how many people are doing that, and yeah. so they do that anymore. They and as you mentioned, the graphic novels are there from the from like season yeah, seven. And I, and I think you know this is something I regret about being as seasoned as 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 right. we are is that I don't get a lot of time to reread things that I like. But we still got. I, I will say, um, the art is fine. But oh, so George Yante, right? Who has been doing it for a while, and I still don't get the characterizations that he draws. I really have to no, I, get the clue I, as I to who's talking that. from I, what they say. He, so. I know many people that that love his work. Yeah, I'm just not one of them, and and it's okay. Very very. Confident. I don't mind his his work, it, it but I'm just stop. not. I don't get the yeah. Uh, well, and next uh, on my stack will be the last issue so that you can pick up a trade paperback of Planet of the Apes Ursus. Because I think we can, by our own uh, Articles of Confederation, the podcast cannot go more than three episodes without, without mentioning Planet, Planet of the Apes, Apes reference. Yes, yeah. But this is also because it's by da- David Walker, who is a writer that I've just enjoyed. I haven't read anything by by David that I haven't liked, but what I, impresses me about this is when I heard this project, other than that's who was writing it, I was like, there's nothing about this that I care about. He right. made an utterly, and I've said this, I think, like issue three, I called it out of my stack. Yeah. He made an utterly compelling character out of Ursus, who to me is just the villain of... I pulled him for a couple of my what's in the bags, too, because it it is an interesting side story to the first first movie with a lot of flashbacks and like you said you when you understand the villain sometimes they're not as much of a villain as you thought they well, were it makes them more okay except yeah. maybe in real life i think in real life yeah yeah um so i said sometimes sometimes yeah. sometimes i think this is great work i wish well i hope i shouldn't say i wish because i i he could be getting all kinds of good stuff i i hope that there's more really great uh writing assignments in the future for for david walker i would say i've heard i i thought i picked up that he's trying to put a movie together again so because hmm. uh, he started as a filmmaker and i think you know this could parlay into it. he's in a position he could make some interest something interesting i'm sure he has before but i mean he could really you know get he's in a good position to make some attention he is a great writer and i'll leave it at that next on your yeah i think we're I mean, actually i think where we are right now with with hollywood and streaming services and stuff you could possibly pitch a Planet of the Apes series, and that's up to Fox. Yeah. Oh no, you know what? You know who it's up to now? <laughs> Planet of the Mouse. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, Ape Land. I had not even realized that. I, I, I mean, I, I think I might have mentioned, it, I, it, but that's just getting it. Disney's going to own Planet of the Apes. Wow. Yeah, you're going to have trouble sleeping tonight. Wow. All right, so go last on your stack. Okay, the last on my stack. Uh, this is this is issue two. And when I, when I brought up issue one of New Challengers from the New Age of Heroes, um, I said it was tentative on my list, that I didn't know if I was going to buy the, uh, buy 
the next issue or if it would get passed through with me. And as I was reading this book, because it starts off with one of the weirdest, dumbest deus ex machina things I've ever seen in a comic book before. And it didn't get better through most of the book. And it's it's still a bunch of characters you've not been given any reason to care about. Um, living on borrowed time, and they've made that literal now. Yeah. Um, Thank you, though. You know what? That just put your finger on exactly what bothers me about yeah. it. You don't care about the characters. No, it's the living on... That you literalize... They literalize the tagline. Yep. yep. And... What Why? does that add to it? Nothing other than other than the people who are their benefactors could be responsible for their demise mid-mission. It's like, no, that's, that's, yeah, nah. But the last page in this book. Go on. Want me to spoil it? Yeah, because I didn't buy it. No, don't spoil it. And okay. I'll tell you why. Because someone's listening yeah, right. might be a Challengers fan and it's they haven't true. read it yet. It's true. If you're like me, you I'll may tell not you get this. to it for three I'll months. I'll tell you this. The last page in this book, if you're a Challengers fan, you're going to say, I need to see what happens next. Crap. Are you telling me that I should go back to Elusive Comics and Games? You can read mine. In Santa Clara. You've read one. You can read mine. All right. Okay. We'll we'll leave that on the table so we can not forget it later. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, last on my deck is it's one issue short of finishing up this because it's a six issue miniseries. But again, we've talked about this before. Talk about uh, a tour de force by Liam Sharp. Again, a, ca- uh, a creator who was long overdue for this kind of rec- recognition. Brave and the Bold, number five. And it's this is just art. beautiful art. You've got such a great tour through Celtic mythology. And he was actually, he tweeted today that the best part about this is that Neil Gaiman has complimented him on his. Nice. You know, and I'm like, yeah, nice. no, absolutely. That You're puts talking, a hitch in your step. You know, it, it, it's either Gaiman or, or Alan Moore who have read everything about mythology there ever was. And, you know, when they say, oh, nice job, that's that's saying something. So uh, this is Batman and Wonder Woman in, in, in a mystical realm. And it has been... The layout, and this is a good example, um, as everyone can see. The layout of this book is yeah, is boy. wonderful in that they've got a lot of big images, and it doesn't feel like they're just trying to. No, I don't the page resent count. it. I don't resent it. They're wonderfully it. large. They're lo- yeah. The, the image needs to be big, and he's put s- caption boxes around yeah. to justify. I the layout of this is, it's just terrific, yeah. and I can you know this is one. You give me a deluxe edition and hard. I think I said this on issue four. Yeah. You give me the hardbound deluxe edition. I will buy that and I will have that. And I and and these individual issues will just sort of disappear into a box and wherever <laughs> those Where boxes disappear. <laughs> I'm still for the last three years trying to figure that out. And but it's you know it's just a beautiful it, it, it's beautiful stuff. And this is something for DC, not just Liam, but DC to be proud of having printed. It's a beautiful thing up there with the kind of excitement of when prestige edition, prestige format books really meant prestige. Mm-hmm. And it says something about the about the industry now that this isn't a prestige. It should have been. It should have been four issue square bound 
or three issue square bound double size i would have paid 10 bucks an issue yep don't get any ideas dc i'm grateful that i only had to spend 3.99 but like i said you're gonna get me with a deluxe edition i know it's already in my head this thing comes out i'm buying it you know so let's get to movies shall we you should uh, maybe this should have been part of the fox story i don't know uh, it's all going to be Disney soon. It's going to, so, yeah, might as well look. Oh, section one Disney. All section hail two. Disney. Yes. I'll hail the mouse. And uh, a story that, you know, uh, we didn't really cover. But now this is the, the happy fallout is uh, that Disney uh, and John Laster have agreed to part ways. And, at the, and for the next six months, John Laster, the founder of Pic, one of the co-founders, rather, of Pixar, and the head of both Pixar and Disney Feature Animation uh, will be. He's on. He was on a leave of absence for six months, and now he's going to be a consultant to the end of the year, and then his contract will end, and he will no longer have anything to do with Disney. Mm-hmm. There are reasons for that. You can look up on the web, but you, from my clenched jaw, let's go past that. You can hear. Well, I let's be honest again. I'm back to to. Guys, stop being jerks, and that's yeah. and that's what it comes down to, because there's been a lot of, of stuff about it. Uh, but I still want to wear the Hawaiian shirts, the Rain Spooner shirts, because I love them. And so they had to name uh, name new successors to John Lasseter and Jennifer Lee, who was the writer of and and co director of Frozen, has been named the new head of Disney Animation. Very excited. She was just nominated for a Tony for the script for the Frozen. Broadway production and Pete doctor, who is a long time filmmaker director with, with Pixar is now t- stepping up to be the head of Pixar. So it is where it was once under one. It is now under two. What I'm really waiting to hear because he was uh last was also a consultant slash overseeing Imagineering or the attractions at the ride at, at the parks. Oh. And so I don't know where that He's stands that right now, but, you know, I, I would I would hope 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 well, and at the uh, you know his name's still on films. Incredibles two still credits him as an executive producer, and you know, regardless of what he might have been like as a person, the impact he had on the animation industry is pretty strong and will be felt yeah. and, writ- and and is animation history. Since you mention it, have you listened to the brought the, to the the sh- musical? It's hard to say. How do you find the right word for this? The Broadway show? The cast album. The cast album of Frozen? No. It's actually really good. I was surprised. And the edition I was listening to had German and Japanese versions of some of the songs, which are a kick to listen to. Because you can pick out what song it is, and then you can see where... You can do that with uh, what is the Jim Steinman musical, Tanz der Vampire, The Dance of the Vampires. Oh, really? There's a German version in which I I found a cut from it and realized it was um, trying to remember a total eclipse of the heart, oh. but with German lyrics nice. and clearly repurposed. I don't think they actually sang total eclipse of the heart. I don't think it translated that way, but yeah, it's a musical that I don't think ever made it to Broadway, but they did it in Berlin. Ah, so that too That's is why, a kick. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I say good for Jennifer Lee and uh, because she. She, Frozen broke through. It's a whole new era, and I think she had she had worked on co-wrote Wreck-It Ralph or hmm. co-wrote Wreck-It Ralph two, and so someone who clearly she knows 
She knows what she's doing, and Pete yeah. Doctor knows what he's doing, and I, those are fresh, important films. I'm excited to see where this goes. Apparently, in the uh, wake of Solo, a Star Wars story, Disney has uh, a rumor has reached that of the nine movies in development that are Star Wars films, or I'm sorry, it's almost ten because there's two trilogies in addition to Episode Nine, but they are suspending. Not canceling, but suspending those that are labeled Star Wars stories, hmm. which would be Boba Fett, Lando Calrissian, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's a real shame. Yeah. St- stop it, people. Those yeah. were the good ones. <laughs> those were the well, ones I was looking forward to. I, I was looking forward to Solo, too, and I still think it's a, a lot better movie than Oh, no, are absolutely, although I, you know, I did get... a. Uh, feedback today from troy benson he took his uh sons to see solo and uh and i think he failed as a father because his uh one of his sons does not like star wars at all because oh, that must ju- be hard because it's just people walking through the desert and then nice. troy said yeah it is just people walking through the desert said, no it's it's more than that they're 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 droids anyway so <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, you know, I think that's, I think the thing is that Solo is it's just like waiting for Godot. I think, <laughs> yes. It's just people is sitting under now? a tree. Is it now? Didi? C3? BB? Anyway, it almost does make sense. And the, and that, that tree is force sensitive. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that, uh, I think that Solo will find life on home video and that's the reality. I, yeah. I still go with it's just exhaustion, although, you know, Incredibles 2 was, as we mentioned on our last podcast, was this huge record breaker, and that's great. The big, you know, we'll check this weekend. Jurassic Park, Fallen Kingdom opens, and I don't know. I just, I feel not particularly... A good family would go to see, uh, a good parent would take their kids. (laughs) A good family. A good... Yeah, let's be morally judgmental. A good parent would take their kids to see Incredibles and not the real young kids and not Jurassic Park. But all I'm saying, we talked about before, is it's getting expensive to go out to the event films every weekend. Yes. I I feel lucky that I don't have to think about it that much. Um. And yeah, it's just expensive. And you've got a family of four, which I don't. I mean, yeah, technically, I but but my kids are older. Not little, yeah, yeah, they're not little. It's just it's just too hard. Yeah, to get out there. Solo was a fun film, but like I said, I, I I was I was lucky too. And and then you know it's it's you get busy. Weeks go by. It's hard yeah. for everything to be built around that opening weekend to be the judgment of a film's success instead of is the movie just good and solo was good it's also a very honest evaluation of you know the it's not going to be long till the dvd is out not until the blu-ray is out well that's true that window's like, closing it's it's uh you know and did you hear amc has announced a plan that uh you can do twenty dollars a month and get three tickets and that includes imax and wow. 3D, okay. Which is the one thing that uh, what is that other movie pass doesn't do? Yeah, it's regular, and AMC is going to include include those premiums. So I'm going to resist for now because I just don't know that I could guarantee that I would be at yeah, three movies a month. That, that's a good month if I get out to a theater for three movies. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll watch three movies in a month at least. Yeah, but do I get out to a theater, especially in the Silicon Valley? 
I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I left him. I was going to go see a movie last night. I left work right on time. Went, okay, I've got this calculated down because uh, I'm close to a theater, probably 10 minutes away. It took me 40 minutes to get there. So I. Which went, theater? Well, I don't want to say. I don't want people to know. Okay, yeah. AMC Mercado. It was, okay. just, it was just because traffic was bad yeah, yesterday. Yeah, be bad. Yeah. yeah, but there have been times when it hasn't been, sure. so it's, it becomes a scrapshoot of like, okay, yeah. that was my window, that was the movie I wanted to see, okay, I'll go home, and luckily, one of the things we're going to talk about on TV was in the, ma- it's not a magic mailbox because I paid for it, but was certainly a, a better usage of my time last night. So, other movie things, I think this is going to be exciting for you, Paramount's going to relaunch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's not enough that they're going to do Transformers. With Bumblebee, the soft reboot. Uh, unfortunately, Michael Bay's Platinum Dunes. I shouldn't say unfortunately, because I have no idea. Did you see either of those Teenage Mutant no. Turtle movies? No. Their lips creeped me out. So yeah. I just... Well, I've, I've just lost... You want to talk about exhaustion. I've lost track of... I've, how many have there been? It's like eight? No, there's only been two. No. Of, of this reboot. Of this reboot. But all of them together... No, there's only been five. So there's three Three. of the originals Okay, that ended with them going to feudal Japan. Yes. That's Turtles in Time. Okay. Then went away for a long time. No, I take that there's six because there is an animated one somewhere in there. That was released theatrically. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was... But there's two under Michael Bay. That's the... The right, ones with the right, weird lips, right? And uh, that's all I can say about it. And you know, I think I may have seen the first one on cable. I heard the second one wasn't bad, and I was kind of interested in going back. But uh, again, it was one of those things. My kid wasn't interested, and if you couldn't get right my son interested in a movie that should be aimed right at him at that time, should be. But it's you know, yeah. Is it the same? Is it the same? mythology that they want to follow it's not there i I don't know they don't even know mythology because how many animated series have there been and it just feels weird that it was only like two years ago that the second one came out and you're already rebooting it but michael bay's platinum dune is still there but i like this quote i think this came from deadline that they're hoping to get a patina of quality (laughs) i love using the vocabulary word of patina but just like which basically means a very thin shell that changes the way light hits it <laughs> but this is where hollywood is coming it's like you're making me like an old man shaking my fist at clouds going they're turtles that are ninjas <laughs> and they're teens what quality is there gonna be oh you know it'd be awesome though it just has to be fun wouldn't it be great if now who owns the turtles what what's what's the uh for movies, what what's the no, it's big, Paramount? Is it Paramount? Yeah, okay. because Nickelodeon does the series. So, if they could work a deal with Warner and do a Batman, the do the Batman Ninja Turtle crossovers, because okay. those are fun, and those are and when you have the the fan the the turtles fanboying over Batman, and the second one had Robin in it too. I and, just look don't conf- don't make the Warner Brothers Batman plans more confusing than they already are. <laughs> their plans uh yeah uh. yeah i just read today and i don't know how true this is and it wasn't but that, that there's a rumor that 
you've got the Jared Leto Joker going. We talked about that sure. a couple of yeah. podcasts ago. Last time they've confirmed. I think, but I, no, the the three movies was two week. It was two podcasts ago. It okay. doesn't matter. But I know they're all blurring. Yeah. But you've got the now, I think, confirmed Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker for the origin film that Todd Phillips is directing with Martin Scorsese producing. Okay. But with Warner saying, well, we're going to reboot Batman anyway with Matthew Reeves, and he's going to recast someone you know younger than Ben Affleck. Well, Jared Leto can't be the Joker in that, so maybe Joaquin Phoenix will be the Joker in the Matt Reeves Batman series. And it's like, you don't know, I don't know. I, I, I love you, DC. Why are you letting Warner Brothers hurt us like this? You know, Or just make them good. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, that would be fascinating to see. And I, I just realized we were talking about this. There was a Turtles live-action series as well because that's where Venus de Milo showed up. That's funny. And in that live-action series, they teamed up with the Power Rangers as a Power Rangers-Turtles crossover. So, uh, which, of course, Hasbro, wait a minute, Hasbro now owns, this can happen, Hasbro owns Power Rangers. So the movie that came out last year, was mm-hmm. that just last year or two years ago? The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. That was last year. That's going to get rebooted again because now Hasbro owns it. So now it goes under their Hasbro film slate with Paramount. They're going to redo the Power Rangers. We could get Turtles and Power Rangers again. I'll just, because it's such a stupid crossover, I'll be there. with, And I will get the number one combo at AMC, the large popcorn and the large drink. And I will say, right. yes. 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 Because it will not matter if I have to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of it. <laughs> it doesn't matter what I miss because I'll come back and say, what did I miss? And they'll say, Nothing. it doesn't matter. They're fighting. It's they were great. hitting each other. They're yes. hitting each other now. See? They've got bow sticks. Fantastic. Is that vanilla ice? So let's go to TV. Luke Cage has returned. I have not had a chance to watch I it. I haven't either. So I still haven't watched Cloak and Dagger yet. So. Yeah, I didn't get past the first episode there. Not because it's bad, but again, not time. Yeah. And I I think I have one episode left of Jessica Jones of season two, which was great. But again, it's, you know, once you start. Power through, yeah. Now, once you start promising you'll watch episodes of things with other people that I know oh, don't yes. listen to this podcast, yes. I'm safe to say, yeah, I have to wait till the next time. I'm Yeah. Uh, I think this is exciting and interesting news this week that uh, Skybound – Entertainment, Robert Kirkman's company, announced the first project in their deal with Amazon are is an animated series of Invincible, which just wrapped up in comics, and the episodes are hour long. That's kind of appropriate for Invincible. No, absolutely, but yeah. it's interesting to me because I'm kind of hard-pressed outside of anthology series to think of animated shows right, that right. were hour long. Right. No, I... I, I don't think none come to mind i'm sure there's at least was there a point where super friends might have been an hour long only if it was like two or three separate episodes they got glued together was it or that i don't think they had a con- i want to think maybe that hour. first season with wendy and marvin were hmm. could someone who knows better than i at the moment who maybe has them on dvd Get and i touch. don't uh i only have challenge of the super friends on dvd because that's the one with cyborg and firestorm right and Adam West voicing Batman. That's when they got him back. So I, I don't remember. But, yeah, I was just – that's what struck me is, like, first, yes, 
perfect series for animation. I don't want to see them live action. No. I don't know why. I guess I just because I really I think what well, what a perfect cartoon that would be. Yeah, they could just stay with the the, the character designs they are yeah. in the comics. And is it Ryan Otley? Is that who uh, you know Nate? If Sounds he's familiar. listening, will probably yeah. be screaming at me if I'm wrong. But but it just the hour struck me, so that's interesting. And then so what? What studio is that? What uh, it's going to be with Amazon, but I don't know who the animated okay. Skybound Studios, Skybound which is Studios. which is Kirkman's own company. Yeah. So. They've got a deal with Amazon, which is we've talked about is, and I've been thinking about this. This is true. When I go like, why did I subscribe to CBS All Access? I could not care less about the dramas or the comedies. Right. It's all the genre stuff, and they know that. If you, who's going to subscribe to streaming services? It's the genre fans. We are the ones that are going to be like, yeah, that's a great idea. And I already have Amazon Prime. And mostly what I've watched is sci-fi and horror on yep, it. Yeah. And on Netflix, mo- well, I actually watch more sitcoms, I think, uh, more comedies and comedy specials on Netflix. But Hulu definitely caught up on a lot of horror and, and sci-fi shows. So it's, yeah, it, they, they got me. They know where, where I live. Yeah, I watched Triumph of the Nerds this morning because a friend of mine had mentioned it. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I saw, I saw that post on your yeah. Facebook page. Yeah, there's some really good stuff. Yeah. Anyway. So one thing, uh, when I came over to this afternoon, uh, Rick was watching the Twitch stream of Planet of the Spiders, which was an interesting confluence because... Of Doctor Who. Of Doctor Who, yeah. Planet of the Spiders, which is John Pertwee's last serial, right. in which he transforms at the end to... Regenerates. Well, sure. To, but for Nate to follow along. He regenerates at the end into Tom Baker. And yesterday, the BBC released... The Blu-ray box set, well, it's a boxy package. It's it's, square bound. It's square bound, yes. Uh, of, it's eight discs, though, yeah. uh, of the Tom Baker years, the first series. Now, I feel like I should have realized that, like, but for some reason in my head, I convinced myself it was just the Tom Baker years, and it was going to be complete and like this big, of course not. No. 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 It's just the first. He was the doctor for a long time. Seven years? Yeah. Eight years? I think close. That, uh, so I'm hoping they do, they complete these because they're sort of like, I don't know if it's official to say, like, especially something that was on the quality of the of the videotape that they used, uh-huh. to say remastered. They I have guess. gone to a different, it's not, it, it's not videotape. They've gone to, it's another format. Someone was explaining to me, um, someone who's much more into the video formats were available at the time and apparently the reproduction on blu-ray is striking well here's what i'll say is my joke was i hadn't watched it since channel 54 on a saturday night Uh and so i made a tuesday night into a saturday night and i was 10 again and the reception was so much better last night but I realized I think I did watch the first episode of Robot on Hulu when they had all the Doctor Who uh-huh. episodes, and it was better than that, and it was really good. What if you are a Doctor Who fan, and what's in it for you if you've got the DVD? I was joking with uh, Mark Anthony Masterson uh, that he's like, well, you know, I have I have the DVD. Should I, I've been resisting buying the Blu-ray. I said, and you're one of those. You got the VHS. And, and he <laughs> said, no, no, no. And I said, oh, that's right, because you recorded it on Betamax. And he said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it was one great quality. And I could only get through one serial last night. So I watched all of Robot. Struck how 
I, I really want to show my son because I don't think he's really watched the new Tom Baker. Yeah. He appreciates my respect for the character. Uh-huh. But realizing that Tom Baker was like all three Marx Brothers with an adventurer's heart. And charisma just leaking out of him. Which would not have occurred to me as a kid watching no. that. But no. now as an adult, I can really appreciate Good Lord. And so, You're right. He's he's Groucho and Harpo, at least. I don't know how much... There's uh, a couple of lines he said that was kind of like a Chico thing but without the yeah. without the accent. And I went, yeah. It's just like... But it's it, it's both. And then definitely an alienness to him at the yeah. same time. It was just... It, it was refreshing to go, oh, thank heavens, this is going to stand up as well as I want it to. But the document... Some of the documentaries that are on this... And I've only gone through the first disc... Some of the doc it's loaded with them. Some of the documentaries are were on the DVDs before, but I think this is brand new, and I love this, and I got to go back and watch the rest of it. Was they have one called Behind the Couch, and they oh, got Tom yeah. Baker and Elizabeth Sladen's daughter oh. to watch Robot with Peter Hinchcliffe, the producer of the Tom Baker. So years. is it a second audio track or is it a, no, it's a, a separate thing. They're sitting there. So it's like, like a, a reaction video. It, it's a reaction video cutting amongst them. And then three of the later companions. So Leela, uh, what's her name? Louise Jameson, Louise Jameson, and a right. couple that were from the Peter Davison years that uh, I don't know that well. The T Tegan Tegan. And, uh, I recognize them from Gallifrey the one and thinking how much I, yeah. I have, come to appreciate them as people because that's where I've seen, you know, I mean, boys, that sound weird, but just seeing them on panels and going like, I love their attitude. I, you know, and who was it? One, one, I think the woman who played Tegan said, and I'm sorry that I'm blanking on her actual name was that she had spent time as an agent. And she brought up that she had gotten Paul McGann, the job as the doctor got the, for, for For the the Fox Fox movie. But, and, and to hear them talking about like, Oh, Sniping at the new series, all this romance and the kissing and, you know, all this and and how they say you compare to that time and, and say, like, they're con- you can't fly the TARDIS with the door open. You're And they're always flying. And somebody, one of the other students says, what, what do you mean they fly with the door open? You can't fly the TARDIS with the door open. Like, they do it all the time. There's no You just go into the blackness. That's my TARDIS. <laughs> we're fighting. And it's Louise Jameson talking also about, like, they go, oh, look at Tom doing this and that. And she goes, he still does it. You go into the big Finnish audio recordings and he's like that. And it's just, you get all this insight. But Tom Baker just like going, it still holds up. Like enjoying his own performance. Which, of course, Tom Baker Of would. course he does. But there's also a documentary on the Target novelizations. Paul oh. Cornell is one of the people talking with it. Cool. Talking about it and, and those being, which I don't know if you've picked up any of any of those, the new ones that they've done. Of the target, they're they're doing they're doing a new oh, line of target direct episode adaptations. Like the BBC books have been separate adventures, but they're starting to do just. I don't know what the print run is, but I picked up a couple. And I was just looking at the painting on the wall behind you because he was uh, Chris Cicellios was at uh, um, at Gallifrey last year. Yeah. And he's the artist for most of those covers from oh, the Target yeah. stuff. And I had never realized it because I've seen him from other book series of British British editions. Yeah. So the fact that I go, oh, my God, no wonder I love those because it's the same guy. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's uh, – I always feel like the like BBC prices their Blu-rays a little higher than uh, 
than well, others. Well, they're imports too. So no, no, they're not. They're not. They're manufactured in the U.S. They manufacture those. In the, they do both runs, so that oh. uh, you know if you're if you're getting them, yeah, because I I think Warner actually print, uh, hmm. imp- prints them. There's some kind of connection between BBC. You know, there's and a trade war on now. That changes everything. But yeah. uh, when I say, but let me finish that. When I say that, that I always felt they priced high. This is the first time I felt like, no, eight discs. I would probably. Sp- I think it's like a seventy dollar price point for an eight disc set. And yeah. Thought, oh yeah, there are plenty. You know, I think, I think Warner Brothers for Justice League had like a, uh, an edition that was like forty for it was two discs, three discs. Yeah. And it was Justice League. So this was. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe that I'm in the position of having to convince my son. No, I think there are parts you'd like. We really should watch wow. it. Wow. And I can't convince him that he wants to watch this. He's like, yeah, I'll get around to it. I'm like, eh, yeah. yeah, adolescence. Anyway, uh, so I was really glad about and it. And it did just say, I'm looking forward to it. Now, the interesting thing, and maybe I'll have to come back to, is that they do the Star Trek thing of the Ark of Doom has an alternate version with updated special effects oh which i don't know what that looks like because i didn't have time last night to watch that i was just like you watch one serial i'm like that's all i really have time because if i watched a second one i'd have watched all the way through and i know it but i want to see it i don't remember watching arc of doom i think i i know i watched the santaran experiment Uh and i think i watched at least one episode of genesis of the daleks but that's a good. That's, so they have both. They have both the original serial and then what was edited together and recently shown by Fathom. Okay, as a as a feature. So this is a pretty thorough first, you know, first series of of Tom Baker, and just from how good Robot was and what everybody tells me is, well, it gets better. Hinchcliffe is like legendary as a producer. Then I, I'm going to, well, I guess of all the doctors, I'm going to own a complete series of uh, <laughs> going to all those Blu-rays if they if they continue through. Yeah, the, um, I mean, you, you, the Genesis of the Daleks is a great story, too. It's it's the mm-hmm. equivalent of, let's go, you know, you, would you kill Hitler as a baby? Because that's basically what uh, what Tom Baker has to decide facing. Oh, right, I know, it's infamous. The, it's the do- totally, Daleks. yeah. But, um yeah, I was watching. You, you talk about the quality of the of the transfer and fixing the special effects. A lot of the problems with the special effects are, and, and it got so much better. Watching the Pertwee series as I just did on Twitch, um, the special effects got a lot better, and the staging got a lot better towards the end of that. So going into oh yeah, the Baker, budget went up. The budget's going up. But still, they're doing a lot of Blu-ray stuff. And what one thing that would help that a lot? You mean just, green screen? No, pardon. Blue screen, blue screen, blue screen. Back then, um, removing. The, no, I've gotten so used to it having turned green. Right, yeah. right. The 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 blue blue screen often and green screen often had an edge to it, and removing those digitally would be trivial now. I mean, when you got, yeah, they leave they leave robot alone. Yeah, which is you know, and they call out on the. But it, I think this is a little tougher from the DVD uh, from the DVD version on the documentary. Uh, one of the producers calls out that like. Yeah, there's like this yellow haze that went mm-hmm. around, reflection off that they couldn't get rid of. But they were—it was one of the directors because he was trying to solve, like, what are you going to do with these special effects? And and 
so anyway, I I'm just really pleased with with this and looking forward to diving deeper in. And uh, as we wait for Jodie Whittaker, yes, and her version, it's nice to go back and see. You know, I, as always, you, you feel like Doctor Who gets this bad rep, which is even mocked on. I know you didn't watch it, but extras, the uh, David Brent, no, the Ricky Gervais series. He at one point when his character becomes famous, he get he does an episode of Doctor Who, which David Tennant even guested on, but nobody bothered telling. It was clear Ricky Gervais had never watched the new Doctor. Oh, beca- and I just think it's funny that Tennant let it happen because it's totally he does his whole thing as a Doctor Who parody of the old show, and it gets a bad rap. But the point is, this the scripts are still good, the stories are still good, the imagination and the thinking are good. The effects are what they were for yeah. the budget of a television yeah. series at that time. So, 75, I think yeah. it was Tom Baker. So, Pertwee was through 74. It's, you know, it's interesting. And I each disc has more extras. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be sitting here watching. I even watched the clean cut of the opening and ending titles so you can just watch the tunnel and listen to the music. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I love this. Anyway, that's all I want to talk about this week. And we'll be, uh, you know, this is like I, you know, this you edit this right. It's like two episodes in one week. So I, I, I'm not holding you to that. I'm just saying Friday, Friday or Saturday, I think. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so thank you all for listening. And once again, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, want to tell us we're full of crap, go ahead. Write into <laughs> editor at fanboyplanet.com, which, by the way, we know we are occasionally, uh, often, not a hundred percent. No, no one's a hundred percent. Well, maybe some are, but not in this, not in this room, in, in not in this house. Anyway, of uh, course, I have to leave this house very shortly. Anyway, so uh, right into editor at fanboyplanet dot com, and of course, thank you very much for listening. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet dot com, and I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your powers for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.